All right, hello everyone. We're back here for another episode of Beyond the Whistle. After a little break, uh, we finally got sports back and we're ready to talk about them. So it's officially the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs after some qualifying rounds, uh, which we spoke about in our last episode when we talked about real sports. Now we're here to update you guys on the first round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. We're recording this after game one of every series. Game one of the Columbus and Tampa series happened earlier today with Columbus coming out with a 3-1 win, tying that series 1-1. to Let's start with the East, and let's start with the Flyers and the Canadians. You know, Austin, the Canadians, they upset the Penguins in the first round. They were the last team in the East to get in. Now they're facing the one-seed Philadelphia Flyers, who looked hot, but only won 2-1 to last night. What do you think? Yeah, certainly. The Montreal Canadiens, I think, took everyone by storm. We did that playoff preview episode, which I think never hit YouTube. But, I mean, we both said the Penguins would win. They were mad, obviously. Crosby came up with some words. And they won that series in four games, and they looked good. Carey Price, we knew he would have to be the guy that Montreal would have to rely on. And they did just that. They took their opportunities, didn't get as many as Pittsburgh did. And they looked good. And talk about another good team, the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that was rolling before the lockdown with the four seed and then got the one seed after the round robin. They snuck away with the win. I think they know that given the fact what Montreal just did, that it's gonna they're going to have to grind and scrap for every goal in every game. I think it's going to be close. The Flyers are very, very good. Canes, you can't count out. I see the Flyers winning this in a close series. You know, the Flyers, they look good in game one. They only won 2-1. But speaking of Carey Price and the goal thing with Montreal, talk about Carter Hart with the Flyers. He had an amazing game, only let up one goal in that game one, looked good in the round robin. This guy's a rookie, and he's showing up in playoffs. What does that tell you about this Flyers team, Austin? They're balanced, and, hey, they're going to need everything. And, you know, goalie's obviously one of the most important positions, especially in the playoffs, and that they can throw anyone out there and win some games with a rookie goalie. Obviously, this 2020 is the weirdest year we've ever seen, obviously, in the sporting world as well. But anything can happen. You can get a veteran in Carey Price, and you get a younger guy. And the Flyers, hey, they can rely on their goal scorers, but they can also rely on the guy between the pipes. The Flyers go up 1-0 in the series. Game one is tonight at 8 o'clock. Let's go to our next series. It's the Islanders and the Capitals. They had a great game yesterday. Washington going up 2-0 on two early power play goals. And then they really fell apart in the third period. You know, they went up 2-1 after Everly scored a nice goal in the end of the uh, second period. And then they just fell apart. They let out three goals in that fourth, um, in that third period. And they lost 4-2. What does this tell you about Washington? They just collapsed in that third period. They weren't ready to go. Yeah, certainly. You know, these two teams played some great games in the regular season. The Capitals, obviously, we saw win the Cup a couple of years ago. The Islanders are right there as well. Got a series win against the Panthers to qualify. The Caps obviously have those bigger names. Ovechkin, Oshie, who scored two nice goals early in that game. But you look at, hey, the guy between the pipes had an awful year, and the Islanders took advantage and won this game. They came back. This series is going to go down to the wire. I think the Islanders can honestly win this series. I think it's 50-50 coin toss. Islanders took advantage. I think they might have a little bit of a deeper – roster they don't have that playoff experience but they took advantage they scored four unanswered and they got the 1-0 lead and backstrom is out for game two after a little bit of a controversial hit from anders lee he will not get suspension or any fine from that hit the nhl deemed it appropriate new york islanders now are up 1-0 you say islanders in the series plot i'm gonna go with the islanders as well i'm gonna say islanders in six games our next eastern conference series is one that just finished up their game two earlier today with columbus coming out with a game two win, three to one, but game one, five overtimes, Austin. I mean, I started watching at three o'clock when it was the late afternoon. I come out of my room and it's pitch dark outside. What do you think of that crazy, the fourth longest game in NHL history? 
I mean, that's unbelievable playoff hockey. The atmosphere is back. Sure, there are no fans, but, man, five overtimes. It obviously makes people think they might want to change the rule a little bit. But, man, that was exciting to watch. A great way to get a playoff series started, especially with these two teams and the way they finished last year, obviously, Lightning. They uh, won the President's Trophy. Then they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. The Blue Jackets snuck out with a win in the qualifiers of five games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were playing in their own stadium. So you didn't play in their own rink, I should say. But I don't think many people expected that after they blew game four. But it's a big win. Seth Jones played like over an hour. And their goalie, obviously, a really long game. It's a big win for them, obviously, to get this series tied up. But Tampa really needed that five-overtime win, especially with what happened last year. In the first game last year, they're up 3-0 and blew it 4-3. So losing in 5 OTs would kind of mean the same. The Lightning really needed that win. They got it done, obviously, really late into the night, which obviously pushed back the Hurricanes and the Bees. But, hey, I think the Lightning are going to win this series. Despite the fact that it's 1-1, it could be 2-0. I think they get revenge on the Blue Jackets. You know, I had your perspective as well. I thought Tampa really would get that boost with that five-overtime win. Just a little bit of record-keeping. Seth Jones, 65 minutes played. Most ever in an NHL playoff game, he set that record. And also Jonas Carposalo, the Columbus Blue Jackets goalie, 88 saves. Most in NHL history. Sadly, that comes with the loss. But I thought game two was really telling. I thought if Tampa really got that confidence, they would keep going and win game two. Maybe make it a short series, four or five games. They didn't. Columbus, great confidence, great coaching by John Tortorella to get the boys going for game two and pull out a 3-1 win. I like Columbus. I'm going against you here. I like their toughness. I like their tenacity. I'm going to say Columbus in six, though I can see this game, this series going seven. It's just two teams battling for every single position. Let's go to our last Eastern Conference series that actually had to wait a day because of that long overtime game. It was Carolina and Boston with Boston coming out with a double overtime win, 4-3 to three with the overtime winner coming from Patrice Bergeron. What do you think of this series? You know, they had uh, this rematch from the Eastern Conference final last year where Boston swept. Now Carolina is going to play tonight, hoping they can get one back. Yeah, certainly this Carolina team obviously took out my New York Rangers in the qualifying round in a three-game sweep. I don't think many people expected that, given that they were mad that it would be a best of five because the Rangers obviously won four in the regular season. But they looked really good, that first line. Aho, Shveshnikov looked so good, obviously, defensively. They held it together. And to be honest, they looked good against the Bruins. And the Bruins, despite the fact, obviously, they won the President's Trophy, they fell all the way to the four seeds, so they switched with the Flyers. And to be honest, I don't know about this Bruins team. They have that really good first line, which obviously gave them a couple goals to win this first game. But the way the Hurricanes have played, I think the confidence is there. I mean, double overtime. We know that, obviously, the five-overtime game. The other team won game two. I expect that to happen. I expect Carolina to win. And I expect the Bruins to win in seven games. I think it's going to be that close between the two teams I met in the ECF last year. And you said it. They have the best first line in hockey, that Bergeron, Marsha, and Pasternak line. Unstoppable at times. But I like Carolina's tenacity. I love their coach, Rod Brindamore. He comes out. He criticizes the refs. He gets, he gets fined for it. But it's chump change to him just because of how tenacious and how great he is to the players. And the players have to notice that their coach is going to stick up for them. And what can that tell the players when their coach is in the press conference room bashing the referees just because of how he believes that they should have won that game? He certainly knows that every every goal is going to matter. Every game is going to matter. And this one's going to, I think, go down to the wire. Two great goalies, Morazic and Tuka Rask. This could be the series to watch in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. I'm going to stick with Carolina in this series. We're going against each other once again. I'm going to say Carolina in six. I think Boston had a great first game. We're going to see how they can build off a game two is a tell-all game in a series. 
Let's head over to the Western Conference where there's a little bit of upset last night. Vancouver pulling out a 5-2 win over defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Austin, I'm sure this one was a little bit past your bedtime, but you watch the highlights in the morning. What do you think of Vancouver? Vancouver looked really good. And to be honest, I got the Blues. I had the Blues winning this year. They did the NHL bracket challenge for a million dollars. Well, I had the Blues sweeping, so there goes that. There goes that money, but uh, certainly, I mean, Bo Harbaugh, that goal that he had between the legs, that was unbelievable. I did stay up to see that one. JT Miller, the X-Rangers, scoring a goal. Pedersen as well. This team looks really, really good, and a Blues team that, I don't know if they have that same confidence and momentum they did last year. Obviously, we're at the bottom of the league last year and got all the way to winning the Cup. I don't know if they have that same mentality against the team, obviously. You think in the qualifying round, I think a team that is going to win the qualifying round, has just that much more momentum. And in a round-robin game, it doesn't mean the same. And we know playoff hockey, even though without the fans, is still going to be there. The intensity is going to be there. And I think I think the Canucks actually will win this series in six. Just like how you said, I love how the Columbus, how Vancouver has such young studs. You know, Miller's there. He gave, They got him from a first-round pick. Everyone criticized that from that trade. But he puts up 72 points this year, and he's the leading point scorer. He's leading young guys like Quinn Hughes, the guy's second year in the league. His The power play numbers are outstanding. Elias Pettersson, like you said. And they need the guy, uh, Tyler Toffoli back. They trade for him midseason. He brings that physical presence. And you know when St. Louis starts to bring their physical presence, it's going to get tough. It's going to get gritty, and this series might go for it pretty long. I'm still going to stick with St. Louis, even though as much as I love Vancouver, I'm going to go St. Louis in six games. Let's go to our next series. It's going to be Calgary against Dallas, and Dallas has not won. Think about this. They have not won a regular season game since, or playoff game at that, since February 26th, back six months ago or so, even with the pause. That's a crazy stat. Calgary takes the first game 3-2. Two quick goals from Dallas after Calgary went up to 2-0, but then Calgary had a nice goal from Rasmus Anderson to go up 3-2 and finish off game one. What do you think of Calgary's performance in this one, Austin? It was very good, obviously. Once again, a team that is in the qualifying round, has the momentum, and obviously a Dallas Stars team that is completely flat right now. I think Calgary will actually win this series, and they look good in the first game. Dylan Dube had two goals, and obviously mentioned Anderson with another goal, and they got Cam Talbot in there and net. Uh, only gave up two two goals and a nice performance from him. So I think another another series, another qualifying team winning. I got the Calgary Flames against the Stars, who absolutely have nothing going for them right now. And Dallas starts their backup goalie, Anton Hubobin, who they do have a little bit of a one-two set. They're not going to name a starter, but Ben Bishop did start most of the games this year. We'll see if they start him in game two. It's not announced just yet as they play late tonight. I'm going to take Calgary in this series, and I think it's going to be a quick one. I'm going to take them in five just because of how flat Dallas looks. And why do you think they're so flat? Why do you think they just can't find any offensive power when they have powers like Sagan, Ben, Heiskanen on the back end? Why can't they score? It's, it's the fact that you haven't played in so long and the fact that there are no fans. You can't get that momentum. And in these, in these round-robin games where – it means a lot, but obviously, you know, most of these teams knew what team they were going to play before the final seeding came out. So maybe you're trying to lose and try and play a better team that you might match up better against, but you don't have that momentum going. You're not going to score goals and you're not going to be able to win games if you don't score. And let's go back to that Calgary side with Dubé, Anderson scoring. They haven't even had that much production from their top six yet in Gaudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm. What does that tell you? Does that tell you that Calgary really, when they're getting that scoring depth, does it take pressure off the top line? 
Certainly, yeah, it does. And you look at a team like the Carolina Hurricanes or even the Boston Bruins, teams that rely so much on that first line, you can get, you can get, you know, the stats from other guys and get that production. That takes so much pressure off that first line, which has done so well for the Flames this year. This team is deep, and they can make a run. I'm pretty sure I have them going to the Western Conference Finals in my bracket. So, hey, they're giving me a one-game lead to start. There you go. Calgary takes a 1-0 lead. Our next series, game two, is happening right as we speak. Vegas and Chicago. Vegas, the number one seed from that round robin. Chicago, the last team to sneak in from the Western Conference in the bracket. Chicago beat Edmonton in the qualifying round, of course. Vegas went 3-0 in their round robin. Vegas took game one, 4-1, after a great performance by Riley Smith. Two goals in that one. Vegas is another deep team, Austin. Does Chicago, can they find that fire that they had early in the, in the decade, really, in 2010, 2012, 2015, where they were just putting up Stanley Cups? Can Kane, Taves, Keith, can they really find that power again? Because they're going to have to quick. They are going to have to. And I think, no, I think this is going to run out. I mean, I, I thought against their series against the Oilers, they would make it very competitive and they won it outright. And I, obviously, you know, the younger guys and the Oilers and the, the vets who have obviously been there, won a couple of cups early in that decade. I think it's going to run out against the Golden Knights. Obviously, we know they obviously had their great run a couple of years ago and they lost to the Caps in that 2018 Cup final. And they got some, obviously, they got some veterans as well. They have that production. And I think when you have those older guys on the Blackhawks and you have those better guys on the Golden Knights. They're the one seed, they're the better seed for a reason. And I think they come away. This could be quick, five or six games. I think the Blackhawks could be a little exhausted. I definitely see it as well. You know, Chicago, they didn't come out really firing. Their name, the name of their game is scoring and high scoring games. Vegas just doesn't do that. They're facing an Oilers team in the, in the qualifier, Chicago was, that really hadn't have much defense. They had Larson on the back end. They have Clefbaum on the back end. Not much defense back there. And they could just put up goals. They won games 6-4, 5-4, crazy numbers. You're not going to get that against Vegas and their tight-knit defensive group. I love their first line with Stone, Pacioretty. Smith is up there and a lot of depth on the back end as well. I like Vegas in this series. I'm going to call it a sweep, really. I'm going to say Vegas in four. I'm going to call it a sweep. Let's go to our last series of the day. A little bit of a boring game from last, last yesterday afternoon, that was. Arizona went down 3-0 to, to Colorado. It was close for about 50 of the 60 minutes. And then Colorado finally broke through another deep Stanley Cup contending team, Austin. What do you see from the Avalanche? The Avalanche looked really good, played some great defense, obviously got that one goal and then got those two goals late. Nazem Kadri's a name to look out for. Ranton and Nathan McKinnon didn't even get on the score sheet. It's another deep team that can go out and win games. And, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, another team with an upset in the qualifying round. I think their, their run also comes to an end. They remind me a little bit of the Golden Knights, to be honest, a couple of years ago. Obviously, a couple of years ago, the Coyotes were like the bottom team in the league. They were a joke. They made a couple of trades that traded the Rangers. They traded t uh, for Taylor Hall and the Devils. They got John Hines back, so that, that connection there. I think it just runs out against a better, a well, better coach team in the Colorado Avalanche. I love the Avalanche. There's so so much depth, really. And Nazem Kadri had a great game one. You know, he breaks the ice with their, his goal. He scored again. And he's just, he came over from Toronto. He adds that physicality. And that's what you're going to need in playoffs. You need physicality and you need scoring. He reminds me of Tom Wilson from the Washington Capitals who can fight and he can put the puck in the back of the net. The first line can carry them really to second, third round as they did last year with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, who they actually moved down to the second line because of a trade with Ottawa. They added Nachushkin, who really isn't a goal scorer. He comes in, and he's putting up points like left and right because he has Nathan McKinnon in the center of his ice. I love Colorado. I think I'm going to call another sweep here, really. 
I don't see Arizona scoring. You know, their offensive depth is not there. They have Hall, they have Kessel, but really you can't name many other players as in scoring depth. So where is Arizona going to get their goals from? That's the real question. And I don't think there are many guys that are on that team. Obviously they got some younger guys, Clayton Keller is a name to look out for, but I don't know if they have that same depth as Colorado does, that same firepower. I don't know if they have that same confidence. And losing 3-0 in a game that was, uh, obviously you said it was a little boring, came out flat, couldn't quite get any goals and gave up too late as the door was shut in game one. I don't know. I think this series will definitely be only five games max. And Arizona's coach, Rick Tockett, who is a former player, Stanley Cup champion as a player in 92 with the Pens, and also won as an assistant coach with the Pens in 08, 09, and 10. So he has Stanley Cup championship experience. He comes out yesterday in his press conference, and really he was very blunt with the reporters. He said his team didn't have a good practice the day before. They played horrible. The goalie Darcy Kemper, who's been playing out of his mind these playoffs and qualifiers, really just kept them in it. And he said his team didn't show up to play, and they better show up in game two. They only had 14 recorded shots on net, uh, seven shots on net after two periods. They doubled that in the third. That's not going to be enough against Colorado or really any team in the playoffs. What, do you, what does it make you seem that the coach just calls out their, his team after game one? It shows that, hey, you got to send a message. You lose 3-0. you got to get more shots on goal, and especially in these series that could go short. You've already played a couple of games. you really got to get that energy. you got to find that energy, and you got to find that. And when you, give a, when you play a game that flat and that bad, coach really got to send a message. I think that it's going to have to reflect well, and they're going to have to make it at least interesting. Maybe that – I mean, they kind of have to when you can't go down 2-0 in a best-of-seven series, but – Coach got to send a message. Players got to respond. All right. Well, Colorado in four to me. Colorado in five to you. That's how all of our eight series game twos are tonight. We'll come back and update you probably after game three. Give you a little update on the series going on. Thank goodness hockey is back. We're getting four games a day. It's wonderful. It's been Dylan Pescatore and Austin Platt. Another episode will be on the whistle. Thank you, guys.